As Nancy makes her way forward, please join me in the prayer of illumination. Mighty God, the shepherds of old were full of your praises, saying that they heard and seen was mirrored by what had been told. Move among us now with your Holy Spirit, that we too might hear and experience the wonder and joy of the living word as we seek to welcome the written word into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Happy New Year, everybody. Today we're going to be reading from John 1, verses 10 through 18, having to do with God is with us. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the Lord, the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Thanks, Nancy. So here we are, still in this Christmas season. I wonder, what is it that we love so much about Christmas. For many people, perhaps even for most people, Christmas is their favorite church season, their favorite church holiday. The other contender up there is Easter. And, uh, you know, you can judge by the number of people that are in churches on those two holidays, Christmas and Easter, how popular those are. So what is it about Christmas that we love so much? Well, part of me thinks that we love Christmas because we love the idea of Jesus as a baby, right? We like babies, don't we? Babies, they're, they're cute, they're cuddly, they're helpless. And if we aren't their parent, 
They demand nothing of us. Now, if you've had kids, you know babies, and you are their parent, then they demand a great deal of you. But you know that if you're holding someone else's baby and the baby starts to cry, you are under no obligation to do anything other than pass the baby back to the parent and walk away, satisfied that you have no further responsibility than that. And I think probably not at the surface, but somewhere deep inside of us, we like a Jesus that doesn't require very much of us. We like a Jesus that is kind of unconditionally loving, and so we gravitate towards Christmas. But as we heard last week in Luke's gospel, this story of Jesus as a 12-year-old in the temple, he is demanding answers from the teachers of the law there in the temple. And he is growing up with his parents, and Luke tells us that he grew. He grew up and continued to grow in wisdom and stature in the community. And shortly thereafter, he sort of breaks out onto the scene. And, well, next Sunday in worship, we will be having a celebration of Epiphany. Epiphany is the season where we talk about how Jesus' public ministry finally begins. We move out of this season of Christmas. In some ways, we grow up. In some ways, we grow up into realizing that as Christians, as followers of this Jesus, just as Jesus grew, so we are called to grow as well. But before we get into all of that, we have this lesson from John chapter 1. Now, on Christmas Eve, we read the first part of John 1. Here are these words. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Word is capitalized in my Bible, uh, which tells me that Word is not just any ordinary word, but that this Word is something special. And in Greek, Word is Logos, L-O-G-O-S, Logos, this idea of, of, of primacy of word as this important, important defining concept. And it says he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. We have these big concepts, word and life and light. And indeed, in John's gospel, life becomes one of the primary, primary defining principles of what it is to be a Christian. It's in John where we hear the words that define what it is to be abundant life reform church. That this word that became flesh and dwells among us, that is life, and that life was the light of all people, that life that is light also said to his disciples 
and to the crowds, I have come so that you may have life in abundance, in fullness. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now you might remember from the other Gospels, and the stories of the birth of Jesus, an angel comes. In one Gospel, the angel comes to Mary. In another Gospel, the angel comes to Joseph. Do you remember what the angel says to Mary that this child will be called? Do you remember the name that the angel uses when talking to Mary? about this baby that will be born to her. He will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It's a reminder. His name will be a reminder to Mary, just as that name was a reminder to the Israelites from before, just as that name carries forward into today as a reminder to us that no matter our circumstances, no matter what the world throws at us, strange diseases, wars, conflicts, political infighting, enmity between brothers and sisters in our own homes, that in spite of all of that, Emmanuel, God, is with us. And that name takes on new meaning here in the Gospel of John when we are told that this word, this thing, this person who created all that we see around us actually put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood, dwelt among us. And this idea of glory that we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only God who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Here in the opening chapter of John's Gospel, John is telling us as a church and all of those who will read this Gospel that what we will find in this person of Jesus is someone who is full of grace and truth. Now, sometimes we 
draw a division between grace and truth, right? We say, well, if we are going to be graceful to someone, it means that we can't tell them the truth. Or if we're going to be truthful with someone, it means that we don't have grace. But Jesus is someone who is the embodiment of both of those things full of grace and full of truth. And in these next weeks, as we explore Jesus' ministry in this season of Epiphany, we will find in Jesus' words and in Jesus' actions someone who is the embodiment of grace and truth. And believe it or not, that's something that we need in healthy portions. We need truth because there are a lot of half-truths and deceptions out there, right? Open up a magazine or turn on a television set. If the folks who are on that TV are talking to you, chances are they're lying to you about something because they have something to sell you. And look, the folks who are trying to sell you stuff are not telling you the truth. And we also need grace. Because our world is one in which grace does not abound. We like to believe in karma more than grace. We like to believe that people's actions We'll catch up with them, and we want them to suffer. We don't want that for ourselves. We want to be forgiven, but we want other people to suffer for the things that they have done. But that's not who Jesus is. That's not who Jesus calls the church to be. Jesus came as someone who is full of grace and truth. And so over these next weeks, we will explore that together, how Jesus' ministry embodies those things. We'll hear from John who testifies, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is a revolutionary concept for us. See, sometimes in our prayer life, in our devotional life, when we think about our life in the church, we think of God as being distant somehow. Or that God is so mysterious that we can't possibly know anything about God. And yet, John tells us that because of Jesus, because of this Word made flesh dwelling among us, when we look at Jesus, we see God. When we see this Jesus who is full of grace and truth, that is the very embodiment of who God is. Not some distant person 
who is waiting for you to slip up so you can get struck by lightning or something like that. Not someone who just can't wait to give you exactly what you deserve. But God, embodied in Jesus, shows us the Father's true nature, full of love, full of grace, and full of truth. So if you hear one thing this morning, my friends, here and out on Facebook, hear this. The God who is with us in this new year loves us. This is the God who is full of grace and full of truth. So start the new year off right. I know we're already a couple of days into it, but it's not too late, my friends. Trust in the one who will not lie to you. Trust in the one who will extend to you abundance of grace. Trust in the one who is God, became flesh, and dwelt among us, revealing to us truly who God is, who we were created to be, and who calls us to live lives of faithfulness and service. Thanks be to God for this gift. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Almighty God, we do thank you for the gift of grace and truth and the gift of Jesus. And Lord, as we move out of this season of Christmas this week and into the season of Epiphany, Lord, help our eyes to be open to this ministry of Jesus. And Lord, help us to grow up and grow into a fuller understanding of who we were created to be. Lord, help us to break down those messages that we hear from others or we tell ourselves that somehow you are distant, that somehow you don't want what's best for us. And Lord, in this new year, help us to live into your love and extend that love to others. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able to stand, would you stand with me now as we affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed? People of God, what do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.